Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast, a podcast where we like to talk about boy bands from the 90s. Leo, will you quit playing games with my heart? Uh, yeah. Before you cherish uh, my heart? Only, yeah, only if you stop um, being ironic. <laughs> Don't you think? Just a oh. little too ironic. <laughs> Yeah, I really do think. Can I tell you something about Alanis Morissette? Yeah, what about that Canadian lady? Yeah, you know our uh, good friend, um, uh, Mr. Almonds? Yes, Stephen Amendola. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, I was, I was well, going to say that. That's okay. fine. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever uh, you're about to say is going to be good things, so. Mm, I mean. I can't wait. Yeah, here we go. I was helping him move uh, out of his place in L.A. when he, him and his... Um, when he was going to be in a, anyway, he was moving to Northern California <laughs> and uh, this um, lo- lovely lady that uh, is now his fiance. Um, and I went with him to get some food, we went to the counter in LA. So if you're in California, go to the counter. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's great. And I, when I worked at Juicy Burger, it was like kind of the competition. I would always like shit on it. But then when I went there after I left, I was like, fuck, this place is good. Yeah, it's just a little bit more high end than Juicy it's Burger. A little more high end, yeah. But but Juicy Burger had better milkshakes. Yeah, for sure. The counter you could also like get beer and stuff. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good things about the counter. Uh, but I digress. I don't know if the song came on or something. We're talking like somehow Alanis Morissette came on and the song "Thank You" came up. Ah, yes. And, and you know, in the video, she's just like completely naked and it's just like saying, thank you. In the earth, thank thank you. Yep. Yeah. I uh, like Stephen was like, oh, I've never even heard of it. And I was like, oh, um, it's just basically her just, you know, thanking everybody. She's just thanking people a lot. And the woman that was with him had the audacity to be like, you've missed a complete point of the song. That's over deli- or whatever. I'm just like, Come on, like clearly I know it. Like, don't even. <laughs> I was just yeah, like over, oversimplification. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, but anyways, anyways, onto those nineties boy bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she really does. She's she still sounds amazing to this day. She's got a she's got a lasting effect. Yeah, of vocals um, similar to that of Mr. Rick Astley. <laughs> uh, for, for some reason, she also had a random feud with Fergie. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. That what 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 happened with that? Well, I know she was like throwing shade. Did you did, did you ever listen to her cover of My Humps? No. She's like, I drive these brothers crazy. Uh-huh. I do it on the daily. Sounds you never very much. Sounds very much like Alanis Morissette. So she literally like covered it and like did the did the video like a mockery of the video and like she did it in her style. Like she slowed it down and she was like. Yeah. I enjoy these brothers. That's crazy. amazing. I do it on that daily. They buy me all these ices. I can't. 
my hopes. So then what happened from that? It was just from the, was it just from the mockery of it? And Fergie was like, hey, no, that was like a result of the beef, whatever it was. Like, uh, I don't okay. even know. Like, if you Google it, it probably exists. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll Google probably it. Right the, now. The, the worst uh, way to say, but anyways, we're back. Um, this is a rarity that I get to see you twice in one week. Yeah. You speaking, came to yeah. see my show this week. Of course, because I'm in the Massachusetts area. Decided that I would come down to New Jersey, a nice four hour drive away. Um, I decided to drive down and surprise him. Uh, and that was really fun. I got to watch him do uh, Peter and the Starcatcher. You guys have no idea how awesome it was. Not the show. I mean, the show was good. Not gonna lie, we 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 killed it. But yeah, they did pretty um, good. As far as like, I don't know. Friday was kind of a rough day. I um, spent most of the day worried that my cat was ready to like. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I was gonna have to rush him to the vet, and like I was really worried about him all day, and I thought I was gonna have to like say goodbye at some point, and. Um, I, I went into rehearsal or not rehearsal, obviously is the show, but I went to like the theater and I just hear just right before the show. Yeah. Right before the show uh, for my call time. And I just hear, sir, sir, <laughs> I turned my head and it's Leo running toward me. And I was just like, Oh my God, dude, it was so amazing. And then um, we, we got wasted on, on my couch. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Watch Great British Bake Off. Great show. Everyone watch it. I actually had to block them on Instagram because <laughs> Stop. here's why. In it <laughs> the show airs in England. Spoilers. Four days before it airs in America. So okay. they're like, this week's star baker. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then they, you know, they go all the way to the end. So like one time I was like watching the one season and they were like, and the winner. And I saw it and I was mad. I was pretty livid. And like, cause I had been like kind of scrolling, but, but this time I like just happened to be like slowly scrolling and I saw it and I saw the winner and I was like, well, now I don't want to watch it. So I just blocked them. I tried to restrict them. And then it was like something like, you sure you want to restrict them? This is going to cause a really weird rift between you. And, and like Instagram was like commenting on that. Like you guys can't chat with each other and all that stuff. You sure you want to restrict them? I was like, um, I mean, can I just not see their content? And they're like, well, that's a different button. And I was like, well, what's that button? And then they were like, mm, just block them. And I said, okay. So, so you you can mute. It's not the same as Twitter muting, but you can mute someone. Yeah, like, you, like, you, you get to mute. Put their posts. So yeah, yeah, it's like basically it doesn't put their posts on your feed at all yeah so, so big fan of great british bake-off here introduce Instagram them account wow that Had is a to. level of commitment i was not ready for hey man just <laughs> you wait once you if you get if you just and kate are really wait. getting into it um uh the 24th is the is the the seventh or eighth collection premiere so ninth maybe wait they call it a collection um, not a season yeah oh so, so british so, so british <laughs> most british of all time there is well, that's a, like on uh, America's Next Top Model, they call them cycles. It's like, oh, this is uh, this yeah. like cycle 15, like, yes, oh, yes, collections yes, seven. Yes, yeah. I'll be to say, yeah, whatever top model, whatever. <laughs> Paul Hollywood. Uh, oh, yeah, the cockiest uh, name of all time. He's, I mean, the best, but also like very striking blue eyes. <laughs> and here in the that name, uh, but uh, yeah, there, there was a baker on there. Her name is uh Lottie, and I have a huge crush on her, and she was so hot, and I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> 
I love this for you, honestly. We should do a podcast about the Great British Bake Off. I want to, to be honest with you, because it's it's amazing. Ooh, and it's, maybe we do it for the Patreon. It's so calming and and soothing. If you guys haven't watched it, I I highly recommend it. it yeah, it's one of the best cooking shows, baking shows of all time, because there's no gimmicks. There's no. It's just like relaxing. Even the anxiety of like like the time running out and stuff like that is just edited and shot and and scored really well it's it's really quite yeah, nice i was thinking about that too because you were talking about that and uh, like whenever you watch like cooking competitions like chopped or the american baking shows it's always like three seconds left yeah or second like yeah 10 minutes guys let's go let's go they're like yeah, super yeah, yeah. like cracking the whip on them like about the time and this one's just like oh yeah go to stations you've got three hours and time starts whenever and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then they just sort of like casually go like, "What are you doing?" We're like, well, I'm putting together a fucking Swiss roll, and mine doesn't crack yeah. because it I did it while it was hot or whatever. And yeah. then like, you can tell they're a little stressed out, but you're yeah. not stressed out. Yeah, while you're like, watching for it, the yeah. competitors, it's probably pretty much the same. But the way they edit it and the way it's directed, so like anxiety free, like you said. Yeah, it's just great. Watch it. It's amazing. And yeah, just realize that there's so many, so much cardamom in a lot of stuff. Cardamom. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, this is Belfast in the first season. Yeah. This yeah, is great. Anyways, this is an MMA podcast. And we got a lot of questions to go over yeah. and also a fight card to go over as well. Mm, do we? So, well, I mean, the fight card was yeah, pretty good. International fight week, but we won't get there yet because I know you're going to have a dietary about it for about five minutes. We're we not going to get there. About- We're not going to get there because guess what? It doesn't exist. Doesn't it? yeah okay it doesn't exist yeah that's that's exactly right guess what is it is yeah. it this week because I couldn't tell because okay. nothing's happening here's what I said we we're not gonna get into it now you're getting into it <laughs> yeah I'm getting I know but I'm getting into it I'm just letting you know but is it this week or is it not this week because I don't think it's this week because nothing is happening other than one <laughs> fight card and here we are and then they're trying to say Dana White's contender she's the fuck out of here actually the on fa- that note I, I asked um. I sent a question to to comments was a rhino and I was like, what would you add to international fight week to beef it up? And he was like, do like a card similar to contender series and do it outside. And like everyone can watch. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I do like an after- afternoon that. card, like something with, um, yeah, dude. Yeah. Just something like fun, like a little bit more, like, I don't know. Just, just how about just another fucking just fight card? Figure it out. UFC. Yeah. Just figure it out. You guys have been figuring out this whole time. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, international fight day. <laughs> I was on Dana White's uh, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, it's Kermit the Frog. It's not easy being white. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being the president of the UFC. It's not easy being me. <laughs> Why are there so many fighters nicknamed Pitbull? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta rewrite that shit. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dana White lamenting, singing. Dana White there. Dana White is swamp. <laughs> Why are there so many fighters named Pitbull? <laughs> right, let's get to All this right, fucking dude. fight uh, card, dog. So the prelims were actually pretty ass. Um, so we're only going to talk about one. And that is uh, Impa Kasangane versus Carlton Harris. Now, I totally forgot. It's Carl, sorry, Carlston. There's an S in there. Uh, I totally forgot. This is that charming gentleman from Guyana that had the amazing fucking uh, Anaconda choke in his debut and had that amazing accent in his post fight interview. I was like, oh man, Impa's going to fucking, this is going to be great for him. 
And then the fight starts, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is that dude. And then he just fucking wrecks him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And I, and I feel for Impa, too, because he had, like, a lot of promise coming off, coming off the Contender Series. And, and then he becomes on the fucking... He's like the Terry Edom of that division, dude. <laughs> he's literally like the Terry Edom of that division. Like Edson Barbosa fucking wheel kick Terry Edom into hell. And that all he is is that highlight. And like, that's what Impa is, dude, from that Buckley kick. And it sucks because he's a great fighter. Um, but, but hey, you know, Dem's I mean, it, breaks, is, it is. Yeah, it is, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the fight game. You can't really. Yeah. Oh, also, we need to also acknowledge your um, your fame. Oh. Your recent fame. Oh, my can we can we acknowledge it? I mean, yeah, of course we're going to different it's, now. You're we're literally on it's a podcast where now. you are talking. We're definitely going to acknowledge it, okay? <laughs> where you're talking, so yeah, vamp shit only. Don't In my mind, I meant to say, "Oh, we're going to talk about it," but I said, <laughs> "Oh, can we talk about it?" <laughs> yeah, it's your podcast. We're going to talk about the person who got it trending. Listen, that was fucking great. Hey, if you're listening though, and you jumped on the trend and didn't link it to the original tweet, maybe delete your account. Yeah, do that. Yeah, if you're Adam Hunter or some oh, damn. belly dancer, delete your account. Wow, I love it. Um, hey, anyways, but, uh, hey, I had a props to props to Chris Rini. Dude, that shit was amazing. Our guy Chris Rini over at Bloody Elbow, and I got permission to share it on the IG, but I I have to like tag the right thing and link the website, so I like. I got anxiety when I was thinking about it today, when he was telling me, I was like, I'll do that at some point. But, um, uh, Chris Rini, we, um, have featured him on the podcast before because he wrote the art of violence. Mm-hmm. He, uh, does this column for bloody elbow called MMA squared, where it's like editorials and cartoons and he draws them. He's a, he's a legit artist. Um, and if you want to hear a story, you can actually, um, he, he did an episode on best camp of my life with Fernanda. Great, great story. Um, and he streams on Twitch, uh, drawing like live drawing. And he was like, I'm going to draw some of these memes. And he drew the whole thread. So I actually kind of skipped uh, ahead a little bit. Um, in case you all missed it. Anyways, um, I, I, th- I had an idea. I was literally scrolling the timeline and I saw a tweet from fucking reusable shoe. One of my favorite accounts that was like, there was a comment in a thread where it had like Tony Ferguson as a zombie or something like that. There was like mm-hmm. some, something or whatever. And um, he had quote tweeted that and said like champ shit only. And I was like, hold on. There's this, there's gotta be a pun in there. And I like, it just hit me and I just went to the fucking, tw- and it's always the ones that you don't even think about. Like they just came in like, boom, just fired up. I was like a movie where Tony Ferguson is a vampire vamp shit only. And within seconds, everyone was like fucking trying to make their own, their own puns, bro. There was so many stamp shit only. There was like, Oh, a movie where Tony Ferguson is a postal worker stamp shit only. Oh, there was tons of them. I'll tell you some of my favorites. Um, Ben and Chad from uh, the Coleman event podcast, which I got featured on the CME power, Hour power rankings, which is a special Patreon podcast that they do, which was pretty fucking awesome to be hearing that. Um, Ben had said something about Tony Ferguson <laughs> riding the rails with a bindi or a bindle, not a bindi, a bindle, the little stick with the thing on the thing. <laughs> and it was like tramp shit only. Oh yeah. And then Chad was saying something about a dude ranch and it was like glam shit only. I was like, love this it. is the, the, what I loved about it is like after a while, it was just like, 
dominated the timeline. I was just like, and yeah, my mentors, everybody, obviously. Everybody on Twitter everybody. all about it. It brought out the best in everybody. I mean, even people that I'm like, don't find that funny. We're coming up with some funny shit. I was like, damn, dude, this is great. And it was, you know, uh, giving Tony some pause. Like, I feel like when Tony's been trending recently, it's been for like getting dogged walked by Charles Oliveira and being like, I broke him in that first round or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, not the best. Uh, and I like Tony. I want him to be elevated. Yeah. Um, anyway. You want him to not twist his ankle. Yep. Yeah, I want him to not. <laughs> oh, dude. When Benil got him in that. Oh, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so those fights were, yeah, the fights yeah. were fine. Yeah, so the fights were fine. I mean, they happened. Do no, we no, we're, to recap yeah, the main card? no, we do need to recap the main card because, right. uh, surprisingly enough, coming with the Impa, um, uh, the first fight of the main card, uh, being, uh, oh, yeah, Walking Buckley, Walking Buckley, and yeah. surprisingly enough, uh, Walking Buckley, Buckley had a lot of adversity first three rounds, like, They're not surprising uh, actually, uh, and then just swung wildly. And got him, clipped him right on the back of the head. Per- look, like, yeah, it looked like it just grazed the side. Yeah, and, it, like, it definitely. People were yeah. even debating whether or not it connected. And then the uppercut. Yeah, he, <clears throat> he, and hey, how's about that hematoma looking like a goddamn brick of cocaine? Bro, you know what's so funny? It was literally a combination of Joanna Yonjacek and Roy McDonald. And yep. when, when Joanna had that dome piece from the Whaley fight, it was basically in the same spot, but the shape and the size was almost identical to Rory's hematoma when he fought Douglas Lima the first time and had a fucking person growing out of his shin. Yeah, how about uh, how about Joanna looking like uh, the Elephant Man? She did. I heard that too. So that's like you know, it's funny. Um, someone fighting later on in the in the card, Ariane Lipsky, has the nickname Violence Queen. Uh-huh. Which is something that, like, literally the Polish fans gave her uh, because she fought in KSW and was just like a violent ass fighter. And people that people have always called Joanna the violence queen as like, like similar to like Bobby Knuckles, where it's not her actual fight nickname. It's mm-hmm. just like something people say. And so whenever Ariane fights, Joanna fans are always like, "Hey, you must have forgot the real violence queen." It's like, "Hey." That's not how it works. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, good on Joaquin Buckley for for uh, knocking out Antonio Arroyo. Ahoyo. Ahoyo. Um, yeah, the double R becomes the H sound in Portuguese. Uh, uh, moving on to the next the next one. It isn't anyway. Kogi uh, Kogi truck. Um, anyway, they, <laughs> I just uh, want to say. Good on him though. The post fight interview, they censored the fuck out of it because fucking ESPN is worthless. Uh, but if you went on UFC's Twitter account, they shared the full thing. And uh, yeah, it, they it, always it was awesome. You know, it's kind of like UFC's been doing this recently where they're like, here's the, or someone's been reposting where it's like unedited. Honestly, guys, like in the truck, so I, important. I, I need to figure this out. Like, is there not like a, like a quick, like a, like a fast button, like a, like a three second one? That 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 isn't you know it just seems like they're just like hold, and then they're like oh, talking you mean versus like cutting censoring. out the sound for like ten seconds. Yeah, like a quick hold. Well, anyway, I think the problem is like it's on like a delay, so they can catch yeah. it, and then they time it wrong, and then it's like oh hold on wait. They well, just I think I'm just gonna censor them the whole way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, anyways, uh, moving on to the Nate Manis and the Tony 
Gravely. Gravely? Gra- gravely. gravely. Okay. So, hey, Manis, congratulations on being saved by the bell. And yeah. congratulations on knocking him out. <laughs> like, yeah, that shit was wild. It was really wild because at the, I mean, it like, was like fucking, like, oh my God, it was like Cody and TJ won. It was really bad. I mean, like, when he was sitting on the ground and uh, Gravely was like punching him in the head uh, while he was sat down. It looked kind of like he had his hand around his like um, his the back of his thigh, but no, he was like <laughs> just yeah. being ragdolled at the very end. And then uh, you know, Queef Peterson just kind of jumped in there and um, yeah. you know stopped and it. Then, and I was like, but he also like I was like I was watching that like, hey man, this guy was clearly rocked pretty hard. He just he breaks it up and because it's the end of the round, and then kind of walks away and like looks back kind of, and I'm like. You're yeah, check on the fight because okay? because because he definitely got up and was like, yeah, "I'm cool, I'm all right." <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, "Okay, well, definitely oh, not." But yeah, um, and then he just stormed back, got him with that nice jab right against the fence, knocked him down, ground and pounded him. Amazing, well done, Nate Manis. Good job yeah. for winning. I mean, great way to come back, you know, against that adversity of losing and then coming back from the dead and yeah. winning. It was awesome. And, yeah. and I love the post fight interview too, where, where he was like, what about that? You're almost finished. And he goes, well, that was the first time I've been dropped in my entire career. So that's interesting. And the thing <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, okay, I don't know if I believe you, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But good, good on him. Um, next one is the Arman Sarukian and the Christos Diagos. Diagos. Yeah. yeah it's Christos Diagos. Um, um, I got to say, I expected this to be like more of a war. Well, no, I expected it to not end in a finish is what I'm saying. Kind of a oh. war. I expected Armin to dominate, but I did not right, expect Armin to finish. All right. Because uh, he, it last three or four were, were all decisions. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cause um, that's cause he, they talked about that. I think uh, cause uh, Michael Bisping even said like, uh, hey, you know, the last three of that, and he, and he said, like, Sean Shelby came to me. He's like, hey, you got to make sure you get a finish. And then he fucking did. <laughs> I fucking did. And, like, we were we were watching the um, pre-show um, that morning. And Alan Joban trained with both these gentlemen at Black House in L.A. and told an interesting story of how the um, Armin was helping Joban prepare for his last fight. And he was getting some hard grappling rounds. Christos just got back from neck surgery. And uh, the coach was like, hey, you just got back from surgery. Like, maybe take it easy. Maybe you don't go on these hard rounds. And he's like, no, no, I want to get in there. And he, he goes and rolls with Armin. And Armin picks him up and dumps him on his fucking head. And Christos got pissed. Yeah. And then Armin, like, goes up to the coach. He's like, I'll fight him tomorrow. Which I'm like, hey, man, you're the asshole that dropped him on his head. What the fuck? Yeah, but also... He also beat him. So can't win yeah, some, exactly. like, win some, lose some. Guess what? For Yagos, lose some, lose the other ones too. Yeah. You lose some. I'll also lose again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You lose some in the gym and then you also get in the ring and then you also lose yeah, again. Exactly. And by ring, I mean octagon. Yeah. And by octagon, you mean the cage. And by the cage, yeah. you mean La Hola. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, yeah, good, good on Arban. Uh, we'll see where he goes after this. Uh, I like the Dan Hooker call out, even though Dan Hooker, Definitely got his visa figured out and is 
definitely fighting this weekend. So I'm kind of wasted that call out, but it was yeah, so pretty uh, fired up, which I like. Well, he was, I mean, I mean, it wasn't necessarily wasted. I think he was just kind of pointing out like whichever one of them, if either one of them fell out, like I'm ready to fight. So I do like that idea. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to the next uh, Mandy Boom. Um, Ariane Lipsky. And Ariane Lipsky. Um, so I'm sorry. What did you say her name was? Lipsky. Lipsky. Rupsky. Ariana Rupsky. Great fight. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously a very dominant for, for Lipsky, to be honest with you. Yeah. But here we are. Here we are. She won fair and square. And that's that. Yeah. That is. I don't really have much else to say about it. I mean, yeah, it, it was, I, I'm going to say it, it was a somewhat forgettable fight. But mm. it was pretty dominant for Ariane. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, uh, and then moving on to the next fight. I don't know why, but yeah, I don't remember. Like I said, the Lipsky fight, I think it was okay. I just remember it being like okay, it lasted all the whole entire way. But yeah, the well, here's what next- I remember. So the co-main uh, event podcast that I've been talking about, they do this segment in the Patreon called Twenty Dollars and Never Want to See Again. And they talk about just placing little random prop bets and things like that with 20 bucks or just putting like a few bucks here, a few bucks there. And Ben folk strategy was like, okay, I'm going to take all three women's fights on the card, stick them on a three fight parlay and bet on it to go the distance. And like, there was a one point where Ariana was very close to a finish. And I was like, Oh shit, she's about to ruin your fucking parlay, bro. And it did not get ruined. And it did not, because uh, Mandy Bohm is, is tough as hell. Um, someone made a bombs pun as well with her name, because I think it's like Mandy Bum. Yeah, and I was bum. like, oh, she's throwing bums. I was like, oh, well, yeah. okay. Oh, she's also a bum. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> no, uh, stupid. That was dumb. Uh, yeah, it's very stupid. <laughs> speaking of which, um, you want Kutsalaba and Devin Clark? Hey, can we talk about how fucking sick Devin Clark's goddamn thighs are? Mm. Huh? But also, uh, but also, diet. yeah, but also on top of that, can we talk about fucking Iwan Kutalaba fucking wrecked him the entire fucking yeah, can time? Can we talk Just... about Devin Clark's, uh, I hope he has dental. Yeah, he dude. He doesn't ensure their fires, but hope you got a good job. That gives yeah, you it, dental. It lo- yeah, it looks pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I, I mean, like Kutalaba just was just dominated first, second, third. The third round, uh, Clark had some kind of like at the end, like kind of like a last, you know, last yeah, minute a like, moment. Yeah. And then but but Kutalaba just, you know, took a, um, got a flash knockdown in the first full domination, like push down, yeah. uh, you know, of, uh, in the second and then even in the in the um, and the third as well. Like it, it just was a domination by Kutalaba. I wonder um, if he's fixed his cardio issues because they always say like he just gives everything in the first round, just goes for hard for a finish, and then sort of has to like not really coast but like survive in the last rounds. And I was like, oh my god, because his last fight he did that he got a ten eight in the first from going hard, and then didn't he gassed out and lost the last two. And I was yep. like, oh, my God, is that going to happen again? Like, that would be the most Kutalaba thing of all time to fucking have the same shit happen to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Kutalaba stood out, did what he did. And, um, I mean, Devin Clark just got his teeth fucked up. So, there we are. Yeah. 
uh, on to our main event of the evening. And by main event of the evening, I mean main domination of the evening. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Smith just fucking... Just dragged on him. Ryan, oh my God. Ryan's banned for filth. I mean, he just he just put it on him. Good, good striking. Good, um, good ground control. You know, I mean, it ended in a submission, but like, God dang, Anthony did not never look like he was in trouble, really. Um, and just, yeah, and, and Ryan Spann just didn't have an answer for anything. And I don't know, Anthony just, like I said, just was super incredibly dominant. And then, yeah, you know, he also like you know, put his, rest his balls on, 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 on Ryan Spann's head. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that fucking post-fight energy was wild. He was just like going hard at him. And then Ryan Spann was like, hold up, hold up. I never disrespected you. I never disrespected you. I didn't say anything about you. And he was like, well, okay. And then they like hugged it out. Yeah. Okay. Which honestly, like, I love that. Uh, yeah. The, but at the, the same fucking... time, but at the same time, Anthony Smith was like, yeah, I'm not scared of big black men. Like, yeah, he actually said that. That's yeah, if the there's fucking... any, if there's any sort of disrespect, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> any disrespect. It's definitely coming from Anthony Smith. So here we are. Yeah. Here but, we uh, fucking are. But that was um, the I fight like that he card. called out Rockage as well. Yeah. And then Rockage was like, all right, let's go. So I guess we're getting that fight. I mean, you'd think. We'll see. You never know. It's the fucking UFC. And it doesn't, doesn't make any make sense. sense. Yeah. Yep. And that was the fight card, ladies and gentlemen. That was the fight card. So I think uh, without further ado, Leo, we should just go on to the forum. Yeah. Let's so let's let's go right to the forum. And we're back. We sure are. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. Um, I'd like to read the first question from our longtime patron, the filthy casual. She says, if you had to cut the lamest division in the UFC, what do you think the welterweight contenders would do once they're unemployed? <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, literally shots oh, fired. Um, literally all the shots. Not just a few, like, warning shots. She emptied the clip. No, yeah, she... She was like, hey, yeah, welterweights, fuck you. Bruh, bruh. Yeah. Well, uh... Probably just should probably just start their own moving company. Oh my god, dude. The <laughs> welterweight so... moving company. Yeah, it's literally what it's called. Kamaru and Sons. Kamaru and Sons moving. That's great. Kamaru and Sons. I, I I'd hire them. I'd hire them too. Can you imagine? Yeah. I'll move your whole house. Yeah, could you imagine just fucking Santiago Ponzinibbio just fucking coming in and fucking moving a couch right through your goddamn ceiling? I was a UFC fighter. My favorite Ponzinibbio quote of all time. He was like really trying to get the RDA fight one time. And RDA was like going after bigger fish or whatever. 
And fucking Ponzinibbio was on Ariel's show, and he was like, are you a fighter or are you a diva? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe all the fucking welterweights should be asking that question to themselves. Like, are you a fighter or are you a diva? Right. And then, like, Leon Edwards, you know, trying to um, oh my God. fill out all the paperwork at the end of the day. <laughs> all right. Says- I'm on a nine-couch lift streak. I'm the toughest <laughs> moving company in the business. Terrible. Pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Now we're not charging you for the boxes. <laughs> My suspects are extra, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Kamara yeah. and Sons moving. Kamara and Sons moving company is what would happen to the welterweight <laughs> division. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's. Some, let me someone see. that's good with Photoshop make that. Camaro and Sons Moving Company. Let me. Oh, just that's fucking it. Something. Uh, no, that's not true. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, she's kind of right. Yeah, I mean, get rid of the welterweight division solves a lot of fucking problems, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone else is pretty, pretty good. I mean. The only division that like I would cut because it doesn't make any sense is women's featherweight. But there's already not enough women's fights to go around. So like mm-hmm. why take away from those? And then like Amanda wouldn't be a double champ. Like it just actually doesn't really make sense. But like you know, you wouldn't be losing a lot. It's kind of like a right. Whatever. But because Welterweight literally has like a hundred some guys in there. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did the fucking math. I, I b- before we started uh, friendly sparring, like just a couple months before the pandemic, I started a blog, Mixed Martial Opinions, which is mm-hmm. the same name as my former podcast. And I wrote about the 165 pound division, the need for it. And I was like, look, mathematically, 155 and 170 have the two uh, most fighters on the roster. It was like 100 something and like 90 something or whatever. Yeah, it's too many. Um, it's way too many. And I was like, you just fucking combine them, dude. Not really combine them. You redistribute it. Anyway, yeah. it was a whole thing. But yeah, anyway. fuck the welterweights. Anyway, Kamaru Usman and Sons. Make the welters wait again. I don't know. There's there's a joke in there. Yeah, well, that's not it. But anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, that's not, definitely not it. I said, not, bro, I said, not, she had a tweet about it. And like, Patty Fuego, I'm pretty sure he made that joke. Make the welters wait again. But I made something else. Ooh. And well, I good thing you remember, remember what it was. Yeah, good thing I remember. I'm not going to say it though, because why would I do that? Yeah. All right. This first question. Actually, we have a couple from our boy T Cross. Right. Speaking of friends of the podcast uh, running into. Anyway, I was saying how, like, not that I ran into you, but like that you came and I saw you the next day. You just ditched that quick. You're like, I'm running into. I tried to figure out how to set it up. Anyways, I saw you over the weekend, which I normally don't. I saw T-Cross over the weekend, which I normally don't. Um, We ran each other. I was getting you Starbucks for your fucking hungover ass. Uh, So hungover. I was a little hungover, too. A little bit. I was so mad, too, because, like, I didn't drink nearly as much as you guys. I was, like, trying to be the fucking voice of reason or whatever, and I was just trying to, like, babysit for a while, but I still woke up feeling like shit because we didn't sleep. Yeah, and I threw up so much. It was great. <laughs> anyway, let's hear his question. He actually has two. Yeah. Ah. What's up, guys? It's your boy, T-Cross. 
I'm in the car right now listening to uh, your episode, uh, not this week, the week before. Sorry, I'm still behind catching up with vacation. And you're mentioned, uh, right now you're talking about hand fishing. And it reminded me of something that I saw when, uh, when I think I was in high school. They call it, they also call hand fishing called like doodling. That uh, mm. I saw this guy on the show. His name was Scooter Bivens. And he was talking about noodling, and he's like, yeah, my name is Scooter Bivens. I've been noodling since I'm four years old. And it was the funniest thing to this day that I've ever seen. Uh, my friend that I watched it with, we still call each other Scooter. And uh, I'll try and find a link and send it to you. But uh, I'm having trouble right now because I'm driving, but I'll try and find it and send it to you. And uh, I love you guys so fucking much. Please take <laughs> me. All right. Signed, well, sealed, and delivered. Well, you know, I mean, you, so he sent me the clips. Oh, okay. I kind of want to play a little bit. But yeah, because like, you play, you played. The, take a while to get to the funny part. I did play the other one, but you, you kind of play you, the hand You one. guys kind of get it. The other one, but like you kind of understand that the people that do this all kind of sound the same. That's also true. <laughs> There's nothing really outlandish that they're gonna say. It's literally just the way that they say it and the context they're saying it in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, here's the difference. And I was gonna, I was going to say this. So the, the last one was a was a show on Animal Planet called Hillbilly Hand Fishing. The ones he sent me and I think apparently they did have a show at some point, but the clip he sent me was for, uh, was a news coverage. It was like a local news and like the fucking reporter was like too pussy to go in the water. But his like um, female companion was like, I'll fucking go in whatever. And she actually did the noodling. She let the catfish bite her arm, caught a 45 pound catfish, like this big motherfucker on her arm. I was like, Dang. bro, what? It was wild. And this fucking scooter Bivens fuck gets bit by a beaver. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I got a beaver bite. I started talking about the fucking beaver bite for a while. It was wild. But I was, I, I wanted to say when I ran into, to T cross, <laughs> And I remember this because he said he was driving in the car listening. Uh, he drives for uh, for Uber Eats, and <laughs> we left Starbucks sort of at the same time, but I was like parked differently, so I'd, I wasn't sure where he was. Um, I get onto the main road that I'm going, and I see a bumper sticker in front of me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, he would find this so funny." And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually probably just that's him. I think that's him. And I text him and he's like, oh yeah, that's me. You're behind me. <laughs> oh, that's great. I like I wanted to show him and I was like, oh no, it's just his car. Um, it was great. Um, here's his other one, actually. Yo, yo, sorry for sending in two questions, but uh two absolute legends of the game retired today. Today is Thursday that I'm sending this in. Uh Carlos Condit. And Joseph Benavidez. Uh, just want you guys to give me your favorite uh, moment of theirs in their history and their career. Uh, super interested to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, I love both those guys. I'm going to miss them both very much. Uh, Condit has retired before. Um, I think he should have stayed retired the first time. I hope he stays retired this time. Uh, looking forward to your answer. Love you. Okay, I'm going to answer this really too, fast. My answer is really fast. Uh, best memory for Carlos Condit for me is uh, whenever they, whenever he did his last fight. I can't remember what his last fight was. I'm trying to think of like what he. Matt Brown. Matt Brown. 
Uh, I remember him, them announcing that and being like, dude, this guy looks so young still. So like he doesn't he doesn't age. He's also a very handsome man. So what I remember, Carlos Condit, handsome, violent man. Okay, that's what I remember about him because he's very violent. Been in the UFC for a very long time. And Joey uh, Benavides, good job on the Megan Lady. Yeah, this guy tweeted out once. It was like, the greatest accomplishments in the history of the flyweight division. Demetrius Johnson, 11 title defenses. Henry Cejudo beating Demetrius Johnson. Joseph Benavides marrying a Megan Levy. 100%. Uh, for me... Easily would go down in history. Uh, my favorite Carlos Condon... Easily would go down on a Megan Levy. Yeah, easily will go down on history. Yeah, easily will go down on Megan Levy. Anyway, let's keep going. Bro... Has anyone ever tried to do oh. drunk history for the UFC? Mm. We have like how that to just randomly that came happen. up together. We have to make that happen. We have to get with someone who's a good animator. If you're listening to this and you're like in animation, definitely hit us up. We'll get super drunk. And I'm like, yeah, the story of the UFC is like these guys wanted to fucking make this show to prove jujitsu is the best, and the, we got the great season. You know, so the whole story about Dana White fucking the Fatita brothers. It's funny that you say that because they don't they do a version of it, but just not drunk. It's that fight lore. Yeah, the fight lore. I'll watch that and then try and repeat that drunk. Yeah, because the that that the Nick Day Nick Diaz yeah. and uh, what's his name one is the one I remember. The Joe Riggs one, and they're fighting yeah. in the hospital. Oh, yes, so good. And also the one of Bruce Buffer fighting someone too. Oh yeah, Frank Trigg in an elevator. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, those are my two. So we'll go on with your your favorite. Uh, uh, favorite Carlos Condit moment, his fight with Robbie Lawler. I, I don't care. I know it's painful. He won. Don't at me on that. I am no. not fielding questions on that. Carlos Condit beat Robbie Lawler. He was the lineal champ for a while. He also had a win over Tyron Woodley, who ended up beating Robbie in the next fight. No. That's fair. Wait a minute. Tyron might have beat Carlos. I don't fucking know MMA. You Just don't, kidding. but that's okay. I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> I absolutely uh-huh. do. What am I thinking? Um... And Joey. Oh, Joey. Honestly, he fucking gave Henry Cejudo the business on tough, verbally. It was awesome. Henry Cejudo just like had his fucking tail between his legs. Just a bit of videos was like, how many times have you missed weight, bro? How many fights have fallen out because you couldn't fucking make weight? Damn. And he was like, I've missed weight a couple of times. Oh. Like, yeah. You know how many times I've missed weight? Zero. Or whatever. He just like got all in his face. Like that was one of many verbal beatdowns that Joey gave him on that show. But that was definitely one um, where you shut him up. Yeah. He also, I'm pretty sure he beat him in the coaches challenge. And then on paper, he won the fight when they fought at the end. Worth noting that I thought Henry Cejudo won, but was happy that Joey got his hand raised because Henry Cejudo is a fucking troll. Um, he also wasn't as bad back then. He was just still annoying. Like I said, I hated Sahuda before the cringe. I, I hated Sahuda before it was cool. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. Um, here's a message from Ben Kiley. Let's go. Who in the 
Diaz Diaz Jabronis. It's Ben Kiley here from the Hind Fight MMA podcast. I know I'm a bit of a piss taker, but I think every so often you have to ask a serious question. Um, we're at a very important time in history. I think it's very important that we touch upon this subject. So, Alana McLaughlin, the trans MMA fighter, obviously winning her debut, it's brought the whole thing back to light now. We're, we're reopening up that. Nah, you know what? Fuck that. How about we just do another uh, improv with Gegard Musasi? So, how about Gegard Musasi at the carnival with a fidget spinner? Looking forward to hearing that. Peace. Oh, I have to tell you, Ben, I love this question so much. And the reason for that is because I've been wanting to talk about Alana McLaughlin for a while since basically the fight, but no one has asked and I didn't want to just bring it kind of contrived if I just bring it up a lot of strong thoughts on this. And I told you, I was like, he gave us an out by switching to, to the Gagarin improv. We can not talk about it. However, I do have to say, <laughs> first of all, regardless of what, whatever state we're in or, or whatever, it is something that should be handled with care. And it's a very delicate issue that, that deserves a lot of time. And perhaps its own segment. I am very tired, and I feel like I wouldn't do it justice right now if I went into it about Elon McLaughlin. Um, unless you had any thoughts on it that you wanted to share. Oh, because uh, my thoughts are absolutely trans people should be able to fight in their uh, preferred uh, gender. Uh, no, I, it's it's pretty yeah. simple. I don't I don't have pretty any like, like, yeah, magical words or anything that yeah. has anything to do with. Uh, political correctness or uh, flowery kind of context about how it's a weird history. There are two people in the ring trying to fight each other. Guess what? They agreed upon that contract. 100%. So ladies and gentlemen, who does it concern other than the athletic commission and those two fighters, not a fucking person. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It exactly. doesn't. It, it actually doesn't matter what our opinion is. Right. If that is what they've 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 one hundred percent agreed upon, then what are we supposed to do? It morally or ethically wrong. It is ingrained into our concept of all time, ladies and gentlemen. We shouldn't hit people. Yeah. We, I don't yeah. care what anyone wants to say about anything about female, male, all that stuff. You're taught from a very young age you should not hit another human being that is ingrained into I mean, our society you are taught you are taught that idea right but yeah. mm, what are humans going to do so be human violence is the most human thing of all time yep it is in our blood it is in our systems man our DNA. woman Everything, whatever you want to go in between, transitioning people, trans, everybody, everybody understands in society that fighting, unsanctioned wise, bad. So, sanction, we're going through very multiple levels of people to do this to say that it's okay to do. So, guess what? It's okay to do. Right. And I don't care what your opinion is on, oh, this person's going to like dominate this. Who? cares you know yeah. what you could you know what you could do 
fucking don't watch. There are millions upon yes. millions of other things that you could watch or also advocate for. You could Can advocate for so many other things that 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 actually affect other people. You're talking about people getting approval to fight in a ring. Come on. Come on. I am so fucking proud of you right now. I might actually cry. Don't. Because like I said, it's not, it's not, it's not political. That's basically what I wanted to say, but I didn't have it in me to, to get passionate. Just, I might, no, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm just, it, like I said, don't get me wrong. Okay. Like I get, I get, I get the stigma, but unfortunately that stigma is based around the concept that humans cannot be violent to each other. And right. that is literally ludicrous to human nature. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, they, they can really hurt someone. Like, yeah, it's fighting. They yeah. should be trying to hurt. And, and like, oh, the advantages. You're going to pretend like Valentina Shevchenko doesn't exist? Amanda Nunes doesn't exist? Yeah. They dominate every single one of their opponents for the entirety of the fight. Like, physical advantages are part of life. Like, it's not even any... I, I just... It, it fucking blows my mind. Um and and just just the, the the fake outrage when people like are that are upset about it like oh this shouldn't be a thing no no no, no. like dude, bro take that fake outrage and fucking yeah. place it somewhere else and uh, hey guys you want you want to know something if someone said hey I'll pay you uh, six grand if you if you fight a lady I'll fight a lady I don't care okay well, no but I, no but he, what what you said was brought brought something I was thinking about which was like um. Andrew Millington, who's a patron of the uh, CME, had said, like, there's people that are opposed to it. They're like, oh, yeah. So anyone that wants to, like, beat up a woman, they can transition. It's like, hey, man, would you transition for a million dollars? Probably fucking not. So are you going to do it for free or possibly even pay to do it to then make six grand to show and six grand to win in MMA? Yeah. No, yeah, you're to, not. So should to think and, and yeah. the whole the, the transitioning process is is emotional and taxing. Yeah, like, to think that no. that that has anything to do with the concept of wanting to whoop like no. okay, t- your argument is a false narrative to think that you can just to want to beat up women in a like it's just weird. It's just yeah. it's just a weird argument to think that like. Very oh weird. boy, I'm gonna get like a fighter's like, I can't wait to get my jollies off by watching having people watch me fight women in a ring. Or like, oh, and you know how I'm gonna do that? Not just go fucking buy uh f- well, that's gonna sound very problematic because I was yeah. about to say a $50 prostitute and beat them <laughs> up, but uh shaming sex workers, and I shouldn't do that. So Don't not that. gonna do that. But I'm Definitely just saying that like pro sex workers here. But I'm just saying, like, it just like it's crazy. The basis of humanity is based around violence. We've been taught our entire lives that we shouldn't do it. We watch UFC because it's kind of dirty, kind of wrong, kind of all that stuff. And these people have made the decision to step in the ring, those two people, and the athletic commission said, yep, yep, yep. So we all, male, female, trans, can go fuck off if we don't agree with it because the people that are doing it agree with it. That's it. Yep. Kind of said a bit of myself, but we will do the Gegard Musasi thing. Yeah, let's do it. Um. 
I had a carnival with a fidget spinner. I'm getting like PTSD to be honest with you because of my old job in LA when I was working for the for FBL and it was like uh, all those light up novelties. That's when fidget spinners were like taking off and it was like, we got to get fidget spinners. And like, they were obsessed with them for a while. Like, oh my God, it was crazy, dude. And also it's, he's at a carnival too, which is literally nothing but flashing blinky lights. <laughs> I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get into the character. Getting the getting the Musashi yeah, mindset. Getting the, getting the Musashi. I feel like Musashi would only be at a carnival if he was dragged there, like by his his girlfriend. Hey, baby, you want me to win you a fidget spinner? I play the milk crate game. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, let me let me throw the ring on the milk crate. Ah, oh, fuck. Let me let me go again. I'm rich. It's okay. And just spends like all his money on the. Fucking... I'm rich. Yeah, no, I don't care. I'm rich. I'm Musasi. <laughs> you know what? Good. Let me just fucking threaten this guy. Hey man, if you don't give me the fucking fidget spinner, I will kill you. Oh great! Now I have one. Okay. <laughs> you know these are like three dollars online. Well, well, I don't care. <laughs> I'll still kill someone. I don't care. <laughs> Bro, imagine Gegard Musasi versus Sean Strickland. Oh, God. Craziness of that. Craziness. You couldn't sanction that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Uh, prolific uh, forum contributor. Really, really just look forward to his questions every week. Uh, and I appreciate him on the timeline. Very good guy. You guys should go check out his um, podcast, Hindfight MMA, whenever it returns. I think they're on a hiatus right about now. Hey, Julio, baby. It's the MMA catfish here to swim up in you. But unfortunately this week, I just don't really have a question. I don't give a fuck about the recent UFC cards. And I got actual shit in life to do. And am not up to devoting myself to a weekly appointment for some bullshit. So, you know, I don't know. Don't really have a question. Sorry. But uh, always be listening. And love you both. I'm out. FMP. Hey. By the way. Yeah, that's fine. You want to just chat with us for a second? Want us to want to hear your voice on the podcast? Let's call in, guys. Please. Like like we Normalize doing that. Doesn't like matter. we care because we care that you do, you're doing it and the fact that you're making the time to do it is great. It's Thank great you to do that, MMA catfish. And listen, the the fights this last weekend were garbage. So, uh, like on paper yeah, and yeah. like there was some pretty there was some okay fights as far as like what we got the violence aspect or whatever. But like it wasn't that great. But this Fair. one this weekend, dude. If you missed that one, I can't. I can't. Well, I'm probably probably gonna miss it, but we'll see about. Well, gonna watch it after yeah gonna try because it's legal so find a stream just figure i don't out. know yeah i don't know how to find the legal streams the day after i've always never watched the day but yeah i've never done that either anyway. only, i've only watched it the day i've never found the legal streams after so gonna have tough time tough time yeah, gonna have tough time, tough time. Legal streams. Uh, uh i'll definitely be watching it on my plane ride probably all right yeah all right this is such a good question this next one and thank you mma catfish you guys should go check out his show catfishing with tat daddy 
And here is Rhino. Hey, Juicy Fruit Bebe and Leo. It's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So I know Juice was um, acting this weekend. I don't know if it was a musical or a play, but let's just say it was a musical. So that got me to thinking about this, Juice and Leo. Your top three fighters, I know for Juice, at least in the top five, are Meatball Molly McCann, Roxanne Modafieri, and Israel Adesanya. If you guys were going to associate a song with your top three favorite fighters, so that is to say, so my favorite all-time fighter is Chuck Liddell, right? So the song that I associate with Chuck Liddell is Rain and Blood by Slayer. That's like the song that I associate with him. So if you're going to associate a song with your top three favorite fighters, what song would it be and for which fighter? Love to hear the answers. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. Great. Great, Great fucking question. question. So he said top five and then said top three after. I think we're just going to do three just for time's sake. Um, plus, like my three, like he said, my top three are like solid. And then after that, Your it's a bunch three. of people that are tied for like fourth and fifth place. So it's Your top really three are pretty pick. solid. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. All right. Got to pull out my notes. I, I was thinking about this ever since he sent it in. Um, so for Izzy, and by the way, this is like, at, at least from what I understand of the question, it wasn't like specifically stated, but like, this isn't like a walkout song. It could be, but it's more just like their essence de- yeah. detailed down yeah. into a song. Yeah. That's, that's the point he's making is that, yeah. is that it's, it's what you associate with them, not their walkout song, yeah. but just like the feeling you get whenever you hear either yeah. the title or like the, the riff or whatever you're thinking. It's like, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. My song for Izzy for Israel Mobility Timitao Odonio Oalafemi Oalabia Desonia. You didn't learn it for no reason. So Express Yourself by Charles oh. Wright. Express Yourself. Good choice. Because that's like, I feel like that's what he's all about. Uh, plus, this has got that fun vibe, which I feel like that's what he, he's about. For Roxy, for Roxanne Mataferi. You ready for this one? I can't wait. I don't care. Oh, I yeah, love I love it. it. <laughs> the Iconopop song. Beautiful. This whole thing is just like, don't care what other people think. It's going to be me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the rest of that song is like a revenge song. <laughs> like, <laughs> I crash that car into the bridge. I don't care. Um, but yeah, the, the, the hook of it, the chorus is like very much Roxy. And I deliberated with Molly for a long time. And I was like, I was telling Leo right before we recorded, I was like, oh shit, I didn't, I couldn't think of one for Molly. And I was like, I was trying to think of like an iconic British singer uh, that that's a woman. And uh, Leo says Adele. Mm, I did say that. I'm going to do two because even as I'm talking, I remembered another one. So when you said Adele, I immediately thought of Hometown Glory. That was like one of her um, bigger hits when she first started. That was from her first album, I think. Or at least the first one that got really popular. It's that song that's like, Round my hometown, Mary's our 
Oh, by the way, Rhino, it was a well. It's not really a musical, but there was. Oh, songs really? In but it. but yeah, there were songs like, in it. And just there's not a yeah. I sang. There's there was not there's not enough songs for it to qualify as a musical, but it's Green. a it's, it's a play with songs. It's it's kind yes. of weird. It's like a hybrid. Yeah, it's which like, is weird because a musical like is a hybrid of like opera and pl- and plays, but like yeah. it's kind of like I don't know. It's yeah. it's good. Uh, so as I was thinking that I was thinking about Adele. Adele was good friends with Amy Winehouse. And uh-huh. was, another, was another iconic British lady, and um, Amy's song "My Tears Dry on Their Own" has fucking really big meatball energy. Meatball energy, that's great. Yeah. He walks away. The sun goes down. She takes the day, and I'm gone, and it's too late. Yeah, that's Molly. So yeah, fucking great question. Leo, what are your three? All right. So for me, uh, for my top three, I mean, you guys know one of my favorite fighters is uh, Derek Lewis. And, uh, you know, I can't stop thinking about that song, that hell no, 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 hell no. That song is Derek Lewis, do a T. Do a T. It just got, it has his whole essence. And it's just so funny. And I think it it really embodies him pretty well. Hell no. So the no, no, no. Hell no. Yeah, it's really fucking hilarious. Uh, another you know what I mean, that reminded me of the just the melody a little bit, which I feel like this could also be Derek Lewis. Pants on the ground. Yep. Pants I mean, same. Ground. Yeah, same. Same exact like energy. Um uh, I mean, you guys know one of my other top favorite fighters. I don't know if you guys do know this, but Dan Hooker is one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. Um, I just really appreciated his fighting style for, for a for long a while. Time. I feel like I had to tell you that was your favorite fighter because you used That's to talk true. about him all the time. I'd be like, Dan Hooker is your favorite fighter. And you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, he, and then like you I said, were Dan- like, no, it's Wonder Boy. But then I was like, it's also, it's, they're like tied kind of. Like, like well, it, it, uh, not anymore, but like, Right, it was Wonder Boy for a little bit of time, but then Dan Hooker's personality, like Wonder Boy's too pure for me. And Dan Hooker's like still a fighter's fighter. I mean, he's yeah. I, I mean, you know, like he was fucking super he's been super tough this entire time. And then uh and then you know when he just like just recently was like, I don't have a record to protect. I was like, okay, like this is that's what you want to hear. Like he's like, I'm just going in there fuck it. Like I can't I got wild abandonment. So, um, fucking reckless abandoned by fucking Blink One Eighty Two is his song. Yes, it's just a fucking teenage song, fucking fucking people up. And then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of like my last, like my favorite favorite fighters. And now I wanted to throw a female in there, and I'm gonna throw in Holly Holm. Ooh. Holly Holm is, as I just have all, I mean, like I said, she's in one of my favorite fights ever. Um, yes, the Holly and Misha and, fight. And, uh, you know, she really rose up against, um, at the time, that whole like triangle thing was really great. I mean, like knocking oh. down Ronda Rousey, the way that she did was oh, like, iconic. nobody else has done it. Like, I mean, Amanda obviously did, but like Holly just is what kind of tipped that whole thing over. And then, like, Amanda obviously was like, well, obviously, I'm going to expose everyone from this yeah. point on. Uh, and But uh, for Holly Holm, I'm going to go ahead 
and say, pretty sure there's a song called The Coal Miner's Daughter. Yes, yes, there is. And I'm pretty, I, and I think, I'm trying to think of the artist. And I, I don't know if Sissy Spacek sings. I don't think she does. So I'm going to go ahead and say someone else. I think Patsy Klein. Or... It can't be Patsy Klein. Maybe it could be. Hold on. Let's see. I'm going to look it up right now. Let's see who's faster. I'm just a cool one. Maybe it's fucking Dolly Parton. Yeah, I was thinking Dolly Parton too. Loretta Lynn. Loretta That's Lynn. That's the dude, name. Yes, I literally was looking at it. Uh, so just because of the preacher's daughter, but also I just feel like it has that wholesome, like, you know, wholesome, yeah. whatever. She fucking dance. And she's in terrific shape. And she's coal miner's daughter. Preacher's daughter. Coal miner's daughter. You know, that makes me think of fucking Zoolander. Uh, I got the black lung pup. <laughs> eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so many people are in that movie. It's crazy. So fucking John Voight, like John Voight and in 20 minutes. Vince Vaughn. Talk to me when you have 20 years. Yeah, Vince Vaughn were having like two lines yeah, as the fucking brother. Oh, it's so good. Those, those are our answers. Thank you, Ryan. Billy Zane is himself. It's so a walk great. off, people. Zane is the it's best. a walk off. <laughs> Billy Zane. Uh, Billy Zane. Uh, one of our one of our listeners. I don't know if she still listens. I think she does. Um, Jessica Napick went to a convention that Billy Zane was going to be at, and I was like, "Better get that Billy Zane D girl." Um, and how could you not try? He's yeah. How could you not? Very I mean, handsome Billy man. Fucking Zane. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Ryan, for that amazing question. Go listen to this podcast that just dropped with fucking Raquel Pennington, who is victorious over the weekend. Um, I thought about um, that as a, a prelim to highlight, but honestly, like, I just wanted to highlight the Carlson Harris one more. Yeah. And here is Decrons, and I haven't I haven't listened to this in true true Decrons fashion. Buzzer, beat. even though he sent it the buzzer yesterday when um we weren't able to record mm-hmm. so i had plenty of time to listen actually but it's like you know what this is tradition so here we go hey, hey juicy leo what's up brothers long time no talk sorry bros i've been lazier than pantaloons on a peloton Man, you boys had me laugh in that last episode. The, the very idea of Puyaska, if I didn't pronounce that correctly, I'm sure Juice, you'll correct me. Um, like if Leatherface showed up at his door, he'd try and buy Thin Mints from him. Or <laughs> you should have like a block parent sign for serial killers. That's awesome. You had me crying laughing. Um, I just wanted to hear your take on the upcoming... God love him, Rod Tang fight and like oh. the mixed rules MMA where it's like one round Muay Thai. Oh, yeah. One round MMA, next round Muay Thai. Uh, long live Rod Tang. Love you guys. Can't wait to listen to the show. Take it easy, boys. Yeah, Rod Tang is legit one of Decron's favorite fighters. It's like a That's, Muay Thai uh... guy that has dabbled in MMA and he's going to fight Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. He's going to fight Mighty Mouse. And uh, they're doing mixed one, rules is yeah. one round, first round, I think. Yeah, first so round they're, is Muay they're not or? mixing them each. They're not mixing them over the course of the fight. They're mixing them by round. So it's like the first round is just Muay Thai rules. Yeah. 
second round is MMA, third round Muay Thai, fourth round MMA, and they're doing four rounds. Apparently, they're going to do three minutes each round because okay. that's what normally what Muay Thai rounds are. And I feel like what you want to do is do the Muay Thai rounds be three minutes and the MMA rounds be five minutes. But I don't think you can sanction it that way to be the different round lengths. I mean, uh-huh. I guess Pride yeah, no. did something. So I, I don't know how that works. So I guess they're just going to do three minutes across the, the board. Honestly, this is tough because I feel like if crossover fights happen and they should happen like this, they need to do something like this where it's like, okay, one round of this, one round of that. And like that was talked about back in the day with like Pat Militich and Roy Jones Jr. They were going to do like, okay, I think it was going to be MMA, but the first round um no takedowns allowed yeah and it was just like okay you know i'm a little bit nervous about it just because the concept of like it can get a little bit discombobulating um but with that being said um i think dj is gonna take it i did i do too and and like here's the thing i'm not overconfident that it's like he could get knocked out in those muay thai rounds 100 percent. rob tang is nasty uh he also maybe could even catch him in the mma rounds like who knows demetrius i feel like can survive the muay thai rounds i feel like he can kind of not really hold his own in terms of like you know keeping up with him but i mean i feel like he can be defensive enough and then in the in the mma rounds i think he can i mean he's only gonna have three minutes which is not the best time for for getting a sub but if if the guy's got like no ground game, I think. He yeah. Can just then yeah. Demetrius can really just, just yeah, exactly. Or just, you know. Yeah. But, I, but shamelessly, bottom. I want to see it play out. Like I, 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 how would that even, how would you score that if it goes the fucking distance? Oh like, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. Fugazi. The judges. Yeah, exactly. They love be it so though. Weird. Like MMA, the weirder it gets, the better it gets. Yeah. It's very, it's a very exciting time. I love everything about it. So thank you. D Kronz, for that question. Wow. That was such a great question. Uh, Yuri Prohaska is the gentleman's name that you're talking about, Decron. With the samurai um, dick. With the samurai dick. <laughs> Bro. I <laughs> uh, love Yuri. Is he is he uh, signed up to fight anyone next? Well, he's basically like in line for the title, but Jan and Glover have to fight. So he's going to get the winner of that. Oh, okay. So there's that. Oh, boy. Could you imagine him as champion? <sighs> Bro. I literally would never. I, I would. I would want him to never relinquish the belt. Is what I'm trying to say. I would. I would hope that he was just like, even though Yuri Keeps versus going. John Jones is, oh, what a fucking fight that is. But um, Yuri just existing and just reigning over that division would just be fucking great. Hilariously awesome. Oh. Yeah, he he actually uh, is not my favorite fighter, but he gives this energy. Uh, like this band that i know called protest the hero um and there's a song called um blood meat and there's also another song <laughs> called bone marrow and i don't know why he just gives me these like great mystical vibes honestly and, you don't even have to explain it i get it yeah he just gives me these great mystical vibes he just fucking you know what i mean just in the forest yelling at the sky you know yeah <laughs> What an image, uh, right? Like what, what like, an image. How do you fight someone like that? It's too much. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like whenever they show the video of like Khabib swimming in the in the Russian river, you know what I mean? Like again, yeah. upstream against that cold river. It's just like, 
who's that? Like, how, how do I fight that guy? Like, yeah, and Yuri don't. just being like on his own, like with the thing and the samurai fucking dickhead thing on the back of his head and just like screaming in nature and just being like, yeah, I'm recharged now. You know like, how you what? fight a guy like that? <clears throat> you don't. Yeah. You get in there, the bell starts, and you just tap the canvas. Yeah. You say, oh, tap. I'm done. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I quit. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yuri wins. Yeah. And he probably still beat the shit out of you. For, yeah, somehow, for yeah. Fucking quitting. And like, oh, you're fucking, you ain't shit. No, I would let, uh, I would let Yuri do whatever he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. He's got BDE. I was on mute. He's got BDE. Mm-hmm. I was just agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for that question. Here is our homie Ty Fly Guy. From the front kicks and throat cuddles. What's up, friendly sparring podcast crew? It is Ty from the front kicks and throat cuddles podcast. Question you guys about title fights and draws. My co-host and I talked about this a little bit on our podcast, but I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts are. If a champion ends up drawing with the person that they're fighting do you think that is considered a title defense i mean i know it says that it is retained and i know juice you and i talked about this before but i want to know what you guys think about the whole getting a draw as a champion against for a title it's also confusing to me um but let me know what you guys think love the show and wait for Nick Diaz's return. Peace. My favorite part about Ty's questions is that he always sounds like a little bit mischievous. Yes. Uh, oh, a draw with the champion. <laughs> so, so for me, I think we both kind of land on the same on the same page for this one. Uh, I believe that you've even said this, and I've, I've totally agreed with you 100. Which is that. The champion's job is to prove why he's the champion. Like that is 100% what's supposed to be happening in that fight. So when a draws happen, uh, it is confusing. No, I think it's the, it's the challenger's job to go and try and take the belt. Ah, yes. yes, That's how I feel about it. It's like the champion just has to defend and a draw to, in my opinion, should count as a defense because the challenger didn't take the belt. It's like when fucking they did is like, well, he didn't finish me. Like, right. well, you didn't, you didn't want, you still didn't fucking take the belt. Like the title is retained. The title stays with the champion. That to me counts as a defense. And I, I'm pretty sure that's how they consider it as well. Cause like I'm, I thought Tyron Woodley's credit credited with four title defenses and look, he won the belt from Robbie. So that doesn't count as far as the defense and then starts the clock he went to a draw with Wonder Boy. Yeah. yeah. Rematch Wonder Boy. Fought Damian Maya, fought Darren Till. That's four. Yeah. And then Kamaru is when he got dog walked and he was never the God. same. God. I oh. just think about just think about what would have happened with Wonder Boy with the belt for just a few. Just a little toasted. Yeah, a little bit of Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson at the top for just a little bit. But anyway. Yeah, still confusing, but yes, I, I 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think taking the belt is is the most important thing. And if you don't take it, then you don't get it. You set up a bitch. Yeah, exactly. Because if it like if you think has a defense, like doesn't count as a win on the challengers record. Like what what are we doing here? I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's not like you know, it's not like a dominant champion necessarily, but but it's also a little bit forgiving because in, in like a tournament situation, they have to run it back. And they usually rematch anyway, like the Figueredo Moreno and obviously the Tyron Woodley we mentioned. But like uh, when Ian McCall fought Demetrius Johnson to a draw, that was for the inaugural fight, which was it's not a like a kind of the title defense, like the title's up for grabs. It was a vacant title. And then they had to rematch to then get the actual actual belt. So kind of crazy. Yeah. I almost literally just hit end on the Zoom. I was like, all right, we're done. Okay, now. cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> all right, bye. Uh, can you imagine? Let me just make sure. Is that real? Uh, before we before we do the um, Twitter questions, um, we had uh, a great idea for a bit from the homie David Everett. David's been a longtime listener of the podcast. It's at Pulp Fiction Buff. Go give him a follow. And I'm going to paraphrase this is like a kind of a long DM. It's kind of explaining. It's basically like we're going to do like a fighter interview. And he had an idea of a certain fighter. And I like that idea. But as I was explaining to Leo, is a, is a Liverpool fighter, is a Scouse fighter. And it feels like a majority of the bits we've done. So I want to change it up a little bit. We're going to do another uh interview here yeah whenever you're ready there we go all right unfortunately i said i would never do this again but i'm here with the loser uh you know it's a tough fight how you feeling uh, i i hey i never gonna big life i understand uh you uh You've only you've had the title for a little bit of time. Three-time defense on the goal. Okay. Oh, all right. But you did just get knocked out, so this is a flash. Flash knockdown? No, this is I'm the flash. You're the flash, the character from the DC. Yeah, I'm the flash. Okay. All right, well, let's take a look at the video really quick. Let's just see. So right yeah, here, you... That's me being the Flash. Okay. Okay, well, we're just going to keep watching. Uh, all right, so here you bend backwards. Where, oh, what why'd do you... you show that? Uh, that's you getting knocked out. No, that's right. I meant for that to happen. Yeah, I'm having one also... I'm having one jump. Okay, but I also wanted to know, is it true that you're a dad now? Yeah. I have five kids. Oh, yeah, five kids. Oh, I have okay. five kids. Yeah. I How had many? a couple more during the pandemic. Oh, okay. Okay. A nine month pregnancy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the triplets. Fa- yeah, I've got it. Fl- but then again, you're the Flash. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm the Flash. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for your time. Go see your baby girl. Wow, that was a nice bit, especially the part where you're talking about being the Flash. (laughs) You just kept talking Uh, about being the Flash. So, yeah, Stipe, uh, change your nickname. 
You're the Flash. Yeah, to the yeah, to the Flash. Does Steve even have any? I don't think he does. Dude, we got we got you know Bobby Knuckles, the Flash. Let's do it. The Flash. That's it. Yeah, done. Steve, the Flash. Yeah, done. That's it. You did it. Steve is the Flash. Everybody. Yeah, that's it. Everybody name him that. Yeah. I don't want to hear anyone talking about CP on the timeline without calling him the Flash. Yeah, or we're make Frank. this shit happen. Just that we yeah, fucking or... made that Tony Ferguson tweet happen. Just like we're gonna make Frank Yecker Bobby Knuckles. Okay, well, let's not go too far. Okay. Well, I want to go just far enough. Okay, <laughs> just far enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I'm opening up. I'm opening. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at Steve being the Flash. <laughs> Uh, uh, first Twitter question comes from the Unmatched ah. MMA podcast, and the homie Chris says, "If the Rockage versus Smith rematch does end up happening, do you see it going any differently? What can Smith do the second time around to get the dub?" Honestly, I do. First of all, Smith has been more active. Mm-hmm. Rockage has sat out, and we don't know how he's going to look. So that's sort of in Anthony Smith's favor. Also, I think he's a lot more like, I don't know what the word is, like, because he's always been like a finisher, but I feel like he's like in his last couple of fights, he's shown that like he's trying to rewrite the wrongs and like get back on track. And yes. so like that fight, he got beat pretty badly by Glover Teixeira, like his, all his teeth came out, like all of them. Yep. Not just a couple. Um, and then and then I think that the he fought Rackage like three months later or something uh-huh. like that. It was way too quick. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So like you don't want to give excuses, but I just feel like now that he's hopefully gonna have proper camp, that's how I think that could kind of be in his favor. Um, that said, Rakic is for real. He's not like you know, that wasn't a fluke win or whatever. So mm-hmm. it is tough. You know, you could say that. Um I don't know. Here's another thing. If that fight happens again, it's probably going to be a main event, like on a fight night. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like will play in Anthony Smith's favor. He's got a lot more main event experience. Mm-hmm. I'm also extremely biased and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to keep finding little points for Anthony Smith. Whereas like Rockets, like he's a great fighter. So, um, yeah, but he's also not racist. So let's keep going. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, he's Austrian. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Let's not forget Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this next question is from Pumpkin Spice Cakes, one of my uh, newer uh, followers of the podcast that I'm really, really happy to connect with. It says, my question is, do you think Deanna Bennett was possessed by body snatchers in her most recent win at Bellator 266? Because it was like a whole new fighter in there. Here's the thing. Deanna Bennett, Amazing performance against Alejandro Lara. Wow, that was such a good fight. She beat the brakes off that girl. And it's one of those things where, like, Deanna Bennett has been fighting for a while and she has a lot of notable wins. And in the uh, on, on the tough season that where she was like the inaugural, it was like the inaugural flyweight women, women's flyweight division. Um, they when they do those kind of episodes or rather those seasons where they kind of like um, start a whole division, they rank them by like seeds, like first seed, whatever. 
Roxanne was number one. Barb Honchak was number two. Pretty sure they gave three to Lauren Murphy, which is like, what are you doing? Diana was number four. And she ended up fighting Sarge Eubanks. And Sarge stopped her. I don't know if it was a KO or a TKO, but she stopped her with strikes. And she was kind of out of sorts for a while. But her energy in the house was like awesome. Like I loved that season with her. And I've just been kind of waiting for some kind of performance that shows her sort of veteran savvy. And this was it. Like I just thought that was such an amazing performance. It was like, it was like vintage, you know, such a great, great performance out of Deanna Bennett. So I really thank you for that question. Cakes. Yes. And uh, my thought is uh, I'm not very well versed on MMA, but uh, I'm sure if I saw that fight, I would be very well versed on it. So thank you. Cakes. Maybe the worst answer you've ever given for any question. I mean, probably, but also the most true answer. So let's keep going. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next question, I'm going to read two. Because um, uh, it's basically it's the same question. I'm just going to shout them both out. So it's Wholesome MMA and Phil the MMA Dude um, saying, Yo, Romero thought his fight was five rounds hey y'all romero fans is this your king <laughs> you sign a bout agreement bro it says the number of round like what are you doing thinking your fight was fire hey ufc main events are five rounds like regardless of if it's a title or not bellator has never done that there are three minute rounds i mean three five minute, five rounds. minute rounds three round fights if That's it's not it. for a title, they're not going to add extra rounds. They just don't do that. Don't and hey, care. man, even if it was bad strategy to lose rounds, <laughs> bad strategy to say, oh, let me wait till the championship rounds. Hey, oh, fucking your Romero gets way too much fucking <laughs> praise from MMA Twitter. Oh, he's so dumb. Yeah. Fuck your Romero. Also, apparently someone said, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone said that he pooped himself. Oh, yeah, he pooped himself. <laughs> not not in that one is an old fight oh, okay i didn't know they pooped himself yeah he did that there's a there's a there's a fight you can watch he has like purple shorts and you oh, can shit. see a fucking shit stain <laughs> okay justin well, kish saw that fight and was like i know what to aim for <laughs> yeah what? she was like <laughs> okay we said no nope yeah we said okay yeah. we said we said we give it we said we can't. We but said. anyways, just but who know. knows what might happen next week? So yeah, let's who knows? Keep moving. Is she fighting next week? Oh, yeah, you just she, she honestly she should be. <laughs> what if <laughs> for international fight week? And they just fucking put her fight into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, so we gotta stop. We have to stop. I'm so sorry. What if she just like teaches a grappling seminar? We're not gonna do that. <laughs> okay, we All gotta right. stop. This is so stupid. This is one so shit stupid. joke has gone way too far, and I love it's, it so much. That joke is so shitty. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta dump that joke for real. Oh, yeah. we gotta stop this. <laughs> I shat yeah. you not. Yeah, we just gotta flush it out. Oh God. Okay, we gotta stop. Fuck. <laughs>
right. Um, Pat Tobin. One of the fucking OGs of this podcast. Pat Tobin at Pat underscore Tobin says Smith was blowing up in his post-fight interview about, well, so fuck that one. I'm going to take it back. (laughs) Smith was blowing up in his post-fight interview about a lack of respect. I think he has a huge amount of respect, especially from fans already. Am I wrong? Does he deserve more respect or does he already have it? And he doesn't realize it. Love seeing him fired up though. I agree. And this is, this is so weird too. I think what happens is that when Anthony Smith feels disrespected by one person, that's, I think he's the kind of fighter that knows he performs better when he has a chip on his shoulder. And I think anything that he can latch onto and amplify, he will, because like people love his story, dude. And like, he talked about that too, when he like fought Gustafson and all these other things He's like, you know, people, People know me. People know my story, and and people can get behind me. And um, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, damn. next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like I, I don't know. Maybe Ryan Span was kind of disrespecting him or whatever. And I think maybe he just is like, yeah. I, li- I literally don't know where that came from. Other than like I said, I th- I think he kind of amplifies it based on like maybe one or two comments. He literally saw. <laughs> It's so funny. I saw a couple of tweets. Our girl Ashley from the Silly Little Podcast was like, after that, he was like, I guess I, I guess Anthony Smith heard I was talking shit. But also well, the homie Frank, aka <clears throat> some asshole, was uh um was talking shit as well. He was like saying Anthony uh, Smith sucks. I it was so fucking it was so fucking dumb. He he put this tweet. It was like Anthony Smith sucks. Basically, was the the crux of the tweet. Someone fucking snitch tags Anthony Smith. Oh, I love it. Not even like like sometimes snitch taggers will like try and be cute and work into a sentence as if like, well, what I just I always do that. He literally just tags Anthony. That's all he did was just like tag at Linehart Smith or whatever it is. Frank responds. He's like, you think he gives a fuck about what I think? Get out of here. Oh <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Also, like his record is pretty pretty solid i mean it's tons of there's so many fights he's fought so many fights so the idea that he's not respected is kind of weird but i think you're right about the whole like you know which can kind of be a little strange to me to, th- to think about like the idea of like being the type of fighter that you know if he has a chip on his shoulder or fights a certain way you know i mean i think that can lead to the downfall of um of a fighter's style but I mean, he seems to be riding that way pretty nicely. I mean, after beating Ryan Spann, so we'll see where he goes from here. But I, I think he's definitely had the respect this entire time. I just think that, yeah. like you said, maybe it's just this one person. Yeah, definitely, it definitely took a while. I mean, he's been fighting a long time. He started his career <clears throat> five and five. And like he told the story on Aerial Show one time of like going up to John Morgan at like a bar in the airport or something like that after one of his fights. It was like, you're going to be talking about me or whatever. He's like, and he was five and five at the time. Like, He's just he's just been around the game a long time and he's he's adapted and he's persevered. So people people love like a underdog story like underdog that. story, yeah. Michael Bisping, let's go. <laughs> totally. Um, what's our next question? Next question is from Tricky Dick Richard Dubler at Tricky underscore Dick eighty six. Mm. Says, what are your guys' thoughts on the WFL? Is the talent going to be there to make it appealing? If the talent is there and they don't have enough whales backing it, how can they afford the 50-50 split that has been speculated long-term? Are we in for another Bellator? 
you know what he's talking about, right? The World Fighters yeah, League that yeah, just yeah. got announced. Yeah, got announced. Honestly, super, super skeptical of this. Like, I wanted to succeed. More options for fighters is always good. But first of all, they're talking about all they're doing these all these grandiose things. If you're going to compete with the UFC, you better have a fuck ton of investors, like mm-hmm. just willing to just back you. I mean, that's literally how the UFC got off the ground was when the Fertitas bought it. They were losing money for several cards until they weren't like they had to just keep putting money into it and they funded the reality show themselves like the network didn't fund that they funded that show and then they took off and it was like this whole thing you know this world fighters like it's like they're very ambitious and and very i don't know trying to make waves but like this isn't a new story like it literally sounds just like the ifl bless you I muted, so you didn't have to. He say muted that, himself, but, but I, anyway, I appreciate that. I, yeah, I see. To whatever um, God you believe. Yeah, totally. Uh, atheist science, bless me. Um, yeah, science. It's not like an entirely new concept. I mean, there are definitely some new things about it. Obviously, the revenue share is big, and they're going to give you their fighters like health insurance, apparently, and all these other great mm-hmm. things. And it's like, oh, cool, man. Believe it when I see it. Are they going to implement our our uh, our diarrhea technology? Oh yeah, I think I think they're definitely gonna um, they're definitely gonna make the the FSP smart cage. Mm-hmm. Good because the teletape will have in hog size as well. <laughs> you that's, probably the, that's probably the best line you've ever said, actually. Guys. Yeah, that's probably the best line I've <laughs> ever said. Hog <laughs> Just the tail of the tape. The idea of it just literally just saying hog size and everyone just like be like what. <laughs> all right you know how they do um the on uh, in ufc how they have like the kind of the thing on the right corner where it shows like you know black belt and this or or uh yeah. like seven fin you know seven wins yeah. by knockout or whatever it would just be like that and then just on the bottom say uh nice huge hog yeah <laughs> it would be like hog. yeah <laughs> it'd be just like <laughs> subjective things yeah yeah <laughs> Really care, really cares about his grandma. <laughs> so it'd be like boyfriend hog, <laughs> just below average hog, just below average. All right. Well, anyway, uh, to my my thoughts on on a new league is just like uh, the only problem is is. The problem is, the, where's the money coming from? Yeah, That's cash like, flow. Yeah, ca- ca- yeah, cash flow is always the biggest problem with any sort of company or just anything that is, uh, you know, lives inside of a capitalist system. Cash flow is one hundred percent the biggest piece. Um, but the idea of trying to get it to that fifty fifty percent, there's a way to come to the table with a lower number that's going to be more satisfying to everyone. And I just think that like the problem with trying to advertise a league like that is like, yeah, but we're treating the fighters correctly a hundred percent, and it's like. Yeah, but like, right? The problem is, fans don't care about that as much as they should. Like, right? That that's not going to be like, oh, I feel better about supporting these this these fights because they're actually paying their fighters. Like, I would, but that's Uh not what anyone else is going to really think. And Mm -hmm. like, 
even still, if they, because of the fact that I pretty much, the UFC puts out so much content, I just don't really have time for much other promotions. Like the fact that another one would service that I would have to compete for and like, what network are they going to be on? Like, is it yeah. going to be a pay-per-view thing? Like, you know what I mean? There's so many questions right now. I think we have more questions than answers when it comes to WFL, to be honest, Tricky Dick. Like, that's where we're at right now. And it says they want to debut. I think it's a 2023. Honestly, I don't know why they're announcing it this soon. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong or right, but, you know, we'll see. And then, like, the, like MMA, regardless of, of, of what other organizations try to do, like PFL and then this, it's star-driven. Like, where are you getting these free agents from? Especially, like, you know, you want to start in two years. Like, are you just, are you planning on certain contracts? Running? Like, there's so many variables that I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. So, great question. And I think we don't really have the answer to it, unfortunately. Yeah, because, like, you know, if you even if you think about it, like, Contender Series is just taking all that talent away. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, anyone exactly. that it's Contender Series is really, really taking all that away. They're like, we don't want anyone to compete with us. They're like, you fight on Contender Series. Like, guess what? You're begging Dana White the entire time. Everyone's Fuck begging you. Dana White. And then it's like, it's, it's like people who are wanting to be stars, like potential stars, are all getting burned out there. You know what I mean? Like, th- Dude, they're, they're so right. I didn't even huge. think about that, how, how much it's just like dominating the market because any, any, anyone will go on the contender series that isn't signed to the UFC. They're like, oh my God, chance at the fucking UFC. And then th- the way this season has been playing out, He's just signing everybody. He used to be selective. He's signing everybody. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they they just know that wow. more leagues are coming. They know that payment is becoming a big thing. And I think that that, you know, let's go back to, you know, let let the other leagues be the other leagues, you know, like we're point point out your flaws. Know your flaws. Everyone. Dana White doesn't want to talk about money, but it's like, come on, dude. Like it's yeah. already something that is already in the air of our entire being of of the United States of America. Dana White has a huge opportunity to just say, ah, it's not that big. I don't need like 19 yachts. But, you know, obviously, as we know, that people, those people won't be making that decision. You know, you have to take it from them. 100%. Here we are. All right. This question from my girl, Ashley. Silly little pumpkin spice. Great question. Just top three fighters that you think should be the next to retire. I mean, we're putting a lot of people on the spot here, and I can't wait. Honestly, cow- cowboy doesn't get thrown around enough. Like, well, it should. Re- I mean, it, I mean, I feel like he still does, but honestly, like, it's he tough. hasn't been talked about for a while. Like, n- normally he's like always doing something where it's like trying to get a fight. It's like, hey man, stay retired. Yeah, he could. He could. Well, quietly. He, he, you know, he never actually said he was retired. Right. Um, but he can quietly, quietly go. He can quietly go. We can send um, him out to pasture. We can send him out to pasture. I'm pretty sure after his last fight, actually, he said that he like wanted one more and like Dana wasn't necessarily keen on that idea or whatever. Just fucking go. Just go. Yeah. Um, another one that needs to retire who hasn't officially retired, Diego Sanchez. Did he sign with BKFC or something crazy? Uh, like yes, that? yes. Ugh. Yeah, and another one, and last but not, not least, uh, sorry, last but not least, Conor McGregor. Oh, dude, what a great fucking answer! Yeah, just he needs to go. Here. Just get him he out of here. Go. Him, he needs to go. Like honestly, guys, like, and and I know it's gonna sound a lot of people are gonna hate me for this. 
Like him and John Jones need to just fucking walk out. I'm I'm honestly not sure John Jones is ever gonna come back. Right, but I just mean like like we need to stop. We need to give up the ghost for both. Of them. Yeah. We need to be able to give up the ghost for those two guys, so that we can start yep. getting on with like fighters that are moving along with the pasture, moving along with the times. Like, don't get me wrong, everyone's really really super excited for this weekend's card. Uh, you know, with with um Nick and and um Robbie, right? Yeah, Nick and Robbie. Right, and I just mean like you know these whole like I don't know. You know, it'd be a great league. They need to create a fucking legacy league and just let them like, which kind of Bellator yeah. was supposed to be, but they really need to kind of like really invest into that idea. If, um, if people want to fight in that, that sort of thing. Cause like. Honestly, the, the idea of that doesn't really. Like t- pe- people talk about the legends league of like these older fighters fighting each other. Like, Hey man, just maybe don't do something that yeah. causes brain trauma anymore. That's like, a good that's yeah. a good point. But like I'd rather I said, that than think... fight the young guns, but at the same time, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like honestly, just muddying it up everything. Like the fact that John Jones is still on the top of the pound for pound, like mm. it, just like get them, just get Connor and him just out. We need yeah. to we need to start cycling this thing out. Like I tell you who Con- else needs to retire? Macy Barber. Yeah, Macy Barber just needs to get her out of here. Out. Yeah, she probably should retire. You know, else needs to retire, or we need to cut from the UFC. Greg Hardy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He should fucking retire. But yeah, like, I really think the UFC would benefit highly, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, like money wise, would benefit so highly without John Jones." I think, I think money wise, I think everything wise without John Jones and Connor, so many cash flow things would happen in such a better way. Yeah, absolutely. Just what? Just fighters getting paid more, more superstars, more, you know what I mean? Like, there's more superstars than there ever been, have ever been. Like, there's a lot of people that have potential to stay. Like, the fight for the belts and stuff like that, there's no more quiet. Like, Kamar Usman is the only incredibly dominant champion. I mean, I guess Amanda as well. Um, Valentina. And Valentina. Um, but, like, outside of those three, like, and like Kamaru's kind of there only, but as far as dominance goes, like the belt's changing hands a lot more than it ever has before. So let's get all these fighters paid. Let's not worry yeah. about these fucking other, these two fucking bozos. Yeah. Their, their time has passed. Time has passed. Let's get them sit down. Let them get remembered as whatever they did for the sport and let the new guys come in and rack it up. Rack it up. Great question. Great question. And that, concludes the form that actually i want to give ash a quick little plug you guys should check out her podcast silly little podcast she just did a um mcu episode um i think she did it back to back with the other one she's doing kind of a series she's like re-watching the mcu so the one she just put out was like phase two she watched phase two next up she's gonna do phase three phase three might be one of my favorites of the mcu oh really because i think you're getting into like uh civil war yep if i'm if i'm remembering correctly it's just that's when it really starts to fucking get good yeah the cohesive Um, nature of everything the storytelling starts to become take off a little bit when you're like i think shit it's like they really have this thought out yeah no yeah Yeah. it's all pieced together very nicely so yeah and uh listening salt twin productions it's gonna it's gonna take it to the top that's all i'm saying all right um let us, Leo, 
give our picks for UFC 266. Can't fucking wait for this card. Let's just go over some of the prelims. We're just going to do main card picks, but let's let's take a look at some of the prelims right now. The early yeah. prelims. Manon Foirot versus Myra Buena Silva. Manon Foirot is that f- blonde French girl that just knocked this poor girl dead in her last fight. Carl yeah. Roberson fucking fights out of uh, Neptune, I believe, which is like 20 minutes from me. Um, Smellsberger. Smellsberger. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew Smellsberger was a great – he had a great fight last fight. Um Fucking Marab versus Marlon Moraes headlining the prelims. Are you kidding me? Dan yeah. Hooker versus Nasrat Hakparast. Um, Roxy versus Tyler Santos. Bro. And we're team Roxy in this bitch. Wait, wait, hold on a second. That's weird. What's weird? Not listed on my thing. The Roxy fight? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, she was supposed to fight Tatiana on this card, and Tatiana had to pull oh. out because of a knee injury. So, I don't know what the deal is with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I have it as Roxy's fighting. So, we're gonna want to stick with that. All right. Well, yeah, we we go. We love Roxy in this joint. We really uh, do. All right. So let's start with the the main card picks. Uh, we got Jessica Andrade. And Cynthia Calvillo. Jessica Andragi versus Cynthia Calvillo. And I got Andragi. Same. Same. It's going to be absolute. I don't know if it'll be a domination, but it feels like it definitely could be. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see about that. Cynthia Calvillo is good, though. Yeah. Just, I feel like <clears throat> Jessica's on that, just that next level. Yeah, she's starting to rise up. Uh. Next, we got uh, Curtis Blades versus Jarzinho Rosenstroik. Uh, I got Blades for this. Me too. I think Blades going to wrestle fuck him. Yeah. I think he's going to yeah, really, really just power dominate him. Honestly, uh, he might even get like like when Curtis Blades fought JDS, he was like had a wrestle-heavy game plan at the start, and then JDS started to drop his hands because he was trying to like defend the takedown and get ready to you know, uh, dig underhooks. Curtis Blades came over the top and knocked him out. Like that could happen with Biggie Boy as well. Oh yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, Jarzinho is not not on a good fight streak. So no. Yeah, so I got Curtis on this one. Uh, all right, let's go with this Legends fight. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Who you got, Leo? You know, just for the sake of entertainment value and to see what's going on, I got Nick. Uh, just for the sake of pettiness, because his fucking tequila company left me on red when I tried to get a bottle of their fucking tequila <laughs> for the podcast. I'm picking Robbie Lawler and fuck all you Diaz stands on the timeline. Oh, wow, and I'm I trying love to hear it. shit on that. Oh, like, Nick Diaz army, <laughs> motherfuckers! Hey, shut up, Robbie Lawler <laughs> army, motherfuckers. For for me, I mean, I think I think Robbie Lawler would win. I just would like to see the more interesting concept of what happens after Nick Diaz wins. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nick Diaz winning is good for MMA, but it's not good for my soul. So. It's not good for your soul, yeah. No. Uh, all right, I'm and then we that. have uh, – we could just not talk about this next fight. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, good God. Did you see her odds? No. How bad are they? 
Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy for our co-main event. Negative. Twelve fifty for Valentina <laughs> Shevchenko. <laughs> What's Lauren? Lauren Murphy. Seven fifty plus, plus yeah. seven fifty. Crazy dude, bro. Twelve fifty. Honestly, at those odds, throw throw twenty bucks on Lauren Murphy. Yeah. Anything can happen in MMA. Valentina could slip on a banana peel. And obviously, I've said before, like, don't take my betting advice. Like, whatever. But, like, think about seven, like seven and a half to one odds. Like, you would make bank if that happened. So exactly. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, got Valentina. I'm Valentina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bet yeah. on Lauren because, you know, bet the line. But, like, obviously, yeah. just fucking pick Valentina because she's going to kill everybody. Her. Yeah, everybody loves an underdog story. But just in this one, we know what's going to happen. So, yeah, dude, Valentina is a is a, is a, just a different animal. Did you see her? Uh, she had an interview um, and she I don't know. Someone had quoted it and it was just like she was just like, you know, some people who fight in the in the UFC, you know, they maybe have like eight nine years of fighting experience i have 28 years of fighting experience <laughs> 28 years i've been fighting Stop martial it. arts every day of my life and she's like i'll fight forever i'll fight till i'm 50 forever i will fight forever there's no doubt in my mind that even if i ufc all that stuff it's i'm gonna fight forever and i was like dang dog Wait, she's right valentina yeah yeah i thought you were talking about laura laura murphy being delusional that's what I thought you were going, but yeah, I saw the thing where with Martin Monday, and it was like, yeah, I'm gonna fight till I'm fifty. Yeah, and she she just was like, she was just like, I've been fighting for too way too long, and like, I'm sorry, but these people just don't, they just not on my level, and it's fucking true. Let's say if you're Valentina, why would you ever retire? Like, yeah, it's exactly easy money. But also, but also, next next year. Go ahead and find Amanda Nunes. Just yeah, just go, just, ahead, just go ahead and get that trilogy. In. Just not? go ahead. Just go ahead and get that pay per view for all of us. Okay. Oh my god. God dang, that's. Fucking I swear to God, so if good. anybody, if anybody, okay, I'm gonna say this right here, right now. If anybody says that that can be anything else other than a main event, suck. Donkey balls. Yep. Co-sign that. No questions. No questions asked. Anyone, no literally, asked. anyone who says it on the timeline, any, any blocking them immediately. Blocking Don't even care. Like, oh, like maybe, like, oh, like what if, like another fight? Nope. Blocking. They are a headlining pay-per-view fight. Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko three is one, two, three, <laughs> three. Uh, is one hundred percent a pay-per-view. Main deserves event. a big venue main event. Yep. Miss me with that shit. Everyone. I, I don't I think it goes without saying. I just want to say it because I feel like yeah. there's some people like, well, like there's like some other champions I could nope. Well, I feel like those people don't listen to this podcast. So that's good. Yeah. So you guys know. I'll tell you who does listen to this podcast though. A bunch of Diaz fans that are gonna be super mad at me and I don't oh. care. Whatever, like I said, the only reason why I said I wanted Diaz to win is because of the interesting thing for MMA. But outside of that, yeah. I feel like Robbie Rollins is probably going to win. So here we are. 
No, honestly, I mean, this fight is so super hard to call because we don't know how Nick's going to look. And Robbie Lawler hasn't looked that great in his last fights because he's fucking old. Honestly, yeah. for Ashley's question, I could have said Robbie Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And on to the main event of the evening. This, not going to lie, pretty, pretty tough to call. But if we have any indication of how fights go, I have Volkanovski winning. Me too. I love, I, I think Brian Ortega. Here's the thing. This is what, okay. Brian Ortega has a two, two places he can go from here. First of all, a lot of people like him. Some yeah. people don't like him, but I mean, even after like, I remember the, the, the buildup to the Korean zombie fight. Everyone was like, ah, oh, Brian Ortega is the worst, the worst, the worst. But then like after the fight, everyone was like, okay, like you fucking, <laughs> you fucking bangs. But it's but so I just mean, quick. It's so weird. Yeah. But Brian Ortega has two kind of situations that can kind of go from here. So uh, that can lead him to superstar, super, superstar status. He does the upset with Volkanovsky on Saturday. Okay. Max challenges him. He beats Max. Superstar status immediately. Well, good thing that'll never happen. Right. Because Volkanovsky is just... He's just too good. Just too talented. He's too talented. And honestly, even if he did be Volk, because it's not like impossible. Right. It's not going to be Max. No. No. But... If he did both of those things, superstar status, superstar, and that Leo's where we come careening to an end. But before we get out of here, we got to give our patrons a shout out. Yes, lovely please. people who may or may not be watching on the video. I know, I know, some of them like to do watch the video, some of them don't, which is fine. Um, it's there either way. It's there. Like I, I, I uh, I've recently been a you know patron of the Command Event Podcast. I just like to to listen to the audio. Like I don't, like the video is there for me. Um, and it's nice. You know. It's comforting. Yeah, it's comforting. Um, All right, let's get our shout. That said, here are our lovely patrons: Callum, shout out to Callum, APB, Sandy, Miss Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Filthy Casual, Fee, Dave L, Phil the MMA dude, Jimmy the drunk, Tricky Dick. Mixed a man and Leo. We have another one. We have a new patron who would like to remain anonymous. So they're just oh, anonymous. That's nice. Here now. Hey. So here's a shout out, anonymous. Yeah. You know, you know who you are. No one else does. And no I, I, mean, does. I do. And guess what? And we appreciate. Leo doesn't it. even know. That's it. Yeah. Just me and you. And we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the friendly sparring podcast. Mm-hmm. Number 19? 18? 30. 19. Well, 30. Yeah, this is episode 30, Leo. This is definitely not episode 30 of, of Friendly Spar. Check the tape, bud. Check the record, bud. I don't want to check the record right now. Are you serious? Yeah. We've done 30 of these bad boys? This is episode 30, Leo. Wow, I said 19. Um, yeah. 10 oh, episodes wow. off. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I'm, I'm 11 episodes off because I didn't count this one. Yeah. Hey, this has been great. What a great 
thing we've been doing. I was gonna I was gonna say you should plug your socials, <clears throat> but honestly, don't follow Leo because he can't do math. I really can't. But also, guys, follow me on Leo GH two one one three on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, oh, I'm also going to be interviewed on a podcast for a mm. showcase that I did. Uh, I'm an actor, as you all know. Um, and that's yeah, happening on Wednesday. Your, uh, Breathe Right commercial the other day. Yeah, I watched my Breathe Right commercial. Everybody watch it. Did you watch it? Like, just I because? with the guys. Yeah, that's my line. That's your line. And I did that. And Breathe Right doesn't sponsor us because if they found out the things I said, take the commercial right off the air. Take it right off the air. Um, it's funny, like we had Kate's mom over for dinner, and uh-huh. we said that um, uh, you were you were just in town. Like, oh, Leo came. She, how's he doing? And Kate was like, he's in a commercial. And I was like, let's watch it. Pulled it up on YouTube's. Great. Thank Great. you. Thank you. And everyone, please go watch my commercial. Just go to breathe. Actually, you know what? One little surprise. Go to breatheright.com. Yeah, just go to breatheright.com. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. Anyway, uh, yeah. So follow me, LeoGH2113, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can just find me. Just yeah. figure it out. Yeah, you, Juice. If you're on Facebook, you know how it works. You yeah, exactly. Juice. Uh, follow the podcast at Friendly Spar Pod. Um, that's it. That's really it. Um, um yeah um i was gonna say leo and i are gonna start an only fans but that was just a joke maybe it's not maybe it's not maybe one of us already has an account definitely me yeah and ladies and gentlemen that is it <laughs> <laughs>